Welcome to Reading the Rainbow, brought to you by the Dolphin County Library System. For the book curious looking for their next good LGBTQ plus read, listen in as queer library staff discuss the own voice stories they've been reading. I'm Annika, she, her, although all pronouns work for me. I'm KJ, you can call me whatever. I'm Danielle and I go by she, her, and they, them. And for this podcast, we're reading Cemetery Boys by Aidan Thomas. Yadriel has summoned a ghost, and now he can't get rid of him. When his traditional Latinx family has problems accepting his true gender, Yadriel becomes determined to prove himself a real brio. With the help of his cousin and best friend Maritza, he performs a ritual himself and then sets out to find the ghost of his murdered cousin and set it free. However, the ghost he summons is actually Julian Diaz, the school's resident bad boy. And Julian is not about to go quietly into death. He's determined to find out what happened and tie off some loose ends before he leaves. Left with no choice, Yadriel agrees to help Julian so they can both get what they want. But the longer Yadriel spends with Julian, the less he wants to let him leave. Aiden Thomas is a queer trans and tinks author, and this is their first novel. Oh my goodness, I loved it so, so deeply. I think oftentimes... In queer young adult books, the queer protagonist is either embraced by their family or shunned almost entirely. But what I found interesting with this novel was that it ventured into the vast area between where it feels like the people around Yadriel, it felt like they were embracing him, but also pushing him back. Mm-hmm. Grandmother using yeah. his dead name. I'm very glad we don't know his dead name because it's irrelevant. The present is all that matters. Absolutely. I I enjoyed the fact that not only does the author not share Yatriel's dead name, but also does not share Placa's, even though one of the, one of the people says it Mm. or, or he, Yadriel knew her before and he says, but not by that name. Mm-hmm. And I, I just found that was very empowering, really, for um, both characters, that they are who they are now. They are not who the other people see them as. Yes, I definitely enjoyed not learning his dead name. Mm-hmm. It shows more of a respect for a character, even though it is just character. Right. In a sense, right. it is right. a person at the same time. Absolutely. Right. From what I got from when his grandmother called him that, at times I feel like older people use the excuse that I'm from a different generation. I think that excuse is BS because just be respectful and calling someone by their dead name is so disrespectful. Yeah. And, and the misgendering as well. Right. Like that same scene, the grandmother says, but you'll always be my little girl. And I know that was terrible. You can tell she means well, but she is just not uh, quite there. (laughs) Right, 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 right. right. That's. And I think that's what I enjoyed about this book. The fact that it seems like his family is trying to do better, Mm -hmm. but they're not all the way there yet. Yes. Yeah, it it feels more real. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not that families that accept 
differences immediately are not real. And it's not like families that don't accept people uh, are not real, but it just feels so much more real to have the array of people who accept, don't accept, and are working on it. Mm -hmm. I tend to not go for books with a romantic bent, but I don't know how anybody could read this book and not fall in love with Julian. I mean, really. (laughs) He's adorable and I love him. And every single one of the characters feels so real. Mm -hmm. And Gadriel's relationships with both his friends and his family and Julian's relationships with his friends and family. Uh, they're they're lovely. Also, I want to adopt all of Julian's friends. They will all be my children now. <laughs> <laughs> I loved how heartfelt it was in terms of friends and family while still maintaining yeah. that spooky aspect of yes. a YA mystical novel. It was great. Yes. There was there was a quote that Julian said that I wrote down something. I bet it's the same one I did. Is it queer folks are like wolves, we travel in packs? No, but I, I loved that one. That one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I also loved how Julian accepted Gabriel from the start. And right. I remember that one scene where he asked him, like, are you afraid of being who you are or is it your family? And we saw Yadriel have that conflict on how to properly come out and how he actually feels about the whole situation. Yeah. Oh, okay. Here we go. I found it. when Yadriel is saying that he's the first trans duo and Julian says something like, uh, you're not, there are early ones. You just never learn their stories. Yes. That's like a hard truth right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's a powerful reminder what stories get told, what stories are deemed worth preserving. Yeah, and that's true. Uh, going on the what stories get told aspect, part of the reason why I love this so much is growing up as a gender fluid person, mm-hmm. I would have never had this kind of story when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I'm a bit older than both of you. I I am almost 40. And when I was a teen, like Yadriel and um, Julian, there there really was no queer stories out there for anyone, let alone a positive queer story or a trans story. So just the fact that this story is being told is so fabulous. And not only is the story being told, but the reader for the audiobook is also trans. And the person who did the cover art is non-binary. And I just I'm just so overwhelmed by how awesome that is. It's <laughs> great. I didn't know the person who did the cover art was non-binary. Yeah. I just found that out like a couple minutes ago when I was doing a little bit extra research. And I'm like, that is fabulous. They say in publishing industry, own voices. And this is as own voices as you can get, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a little off topic. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. That was... <laughs> Yeah, the cover art is great. I love it. Yeah, the interview that I read said that Adrian had come across the artist because they did Voltron fan art. And I'm like, yes, (laughs) (laughs) let's just put all sorts of awesome things together. (laughs) (laughs) I I love I love um, 
Julian's various truth bombs that he just like drops randomly throughout the book, like the the quote I said earlier about wolves traveling in packs and things like that. I also have written down during the scene where he and Yatriel are talking about gender and sexuality, and he it's not an exact quote. But what I wrote down is other people's impressions cannot change who you are. I, I really loved that because you will always come across somebody who tells you that you aren't who you are. But mm-hmm. it it doesn't matter because they can't change that. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I loved how blunt Julian was. It, oh, added, yes. <laughs> it added more to his character. Yeah. And I also related to it because I'm like, oh, <laughs> finally a character that's as blunt as I am. <laughs> <laughs> I love his like Yadriel is having this moment of should I do this? Should I not do this? And Julian's off and he's doing it already. Yeah. yeah. He's like, just do it. <laughs> I, I felt that Julian he was so vibrant. He had bubbling energy. And when he crossed out the dead name from the yearbook. Oh yes, that's yes. Replacing Ugh. it with his true name. Right. Oh my god boyfriend material <laughs> exactly <laughs> i also loved how he had all these odds stacked against him with his parents and his brother mm-hmm. and the gangs and everything but he was still this bubbly happy person on his own schedule basically and i just love that part yeah right. he just breaks stereotypes left and right mm-hmm. it's like Everybody at school thinks he's this tough, brooding bad boy. And here he is, this kid who really likes to have fun and breaks the stereotype by being gay as well. Speaking of him being gay, when we first found out, was that a surprise to anybody? No. <laughs> yeah, same here. I mean, to be a, to be a romance, he kind of had to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> I, mean, I, I saw it coming. I just... I just like how he just dropped it there like, yeah, I'm gay. (laughs) So? (laughs) What about the other characters that weren't well talked about in the book, such as his dad, his uncle? Oh my goodness, I felt so bad for his dad. Here's his dad, like, trying his hardest, and his nephew just, like, disappears out of the face of the earth, and his wife has just died recently, and all he wants to do is get the ofrenda ready and see his wife again and figure out what's going on. And his son is just like dipping out constantly <laughs> on him <laughs> without any explanation. This poor guy's got to have like so much new gray hair <laughs> after these couple of days. I just felt so bad for him. <laughs> I felt like it was it was really well set up that... Uh, we learned the story about the the past that they didn't want to repeat. I felt like both those things really set up the big reveal in the end very well. I also like the part where most of the people being killed are younger Latinx kids. And they said it throughout the book how they didn't want to call the police because they wouldn't do anything about Julian being missing. Mm-hmm. And that also added another factor realism to the book as well because that frankly still happens today absolutely yeah i i learned a lot about what it is like to live as a latinx person in the 
Los Angeles area. I, I read this and I feel like I, I learned a lot more about a culture I didn't really know about. So I had a thought when I went into reading this book, I kind of figured I knew what it would be about. But I mean, obviously, I went in pretty much blind. I mean, I knew it was a queer YA. I was surprised because the spirit seeing was something totally normal throughout the story, as in like Brew X. That, that part threw me completely off guard. It took a chapter or two to the Bruhex could see the dead and how the Bruyas could heal with, what was it, chicken blood? Yeah. yeah. Or animal blood. I think pig's yeah. blood worked too. I like fell head over heels for the fantastic <laughs> blend of, you know, the, the Hispanic culture in this modern day setting. I think Aiden Thomas did a really good job by interlacing facts about Dia de los Muertos into the story without any hint of quote info dumping unquote such as like i love the story of lady death and balam that was told by lita while preparing the color yes thank you you're welcome (laughs) i loved how this story talked more about brujas i love learning about stuff like that from Mm -hmm. different cultures right and Seeing it in an actual fiction book instead of nonfiction or watching a video about it online, it taught me more about it that way. I also thought it was funny that when they go to the party store, they go down the aisle and there's all the sugar skull stuff. He starts going, I'm not going to give into this cultural appropriation stuff. And Lillian is just like, shh. (laughs) I just thought that was kind of funny. But yet again, everything that Julian does is perfect and best. So So this concludes the discussion about Cemetery Boys by Aidan Thomas. Join us next episode as we cover The Low Low Woods by Carmen Maria Machado, illustrated by Donnie. This has been Reading the Rainbow, a Dolphin County Library System podcast for books by and about the LGBTQ plus community. If you enjoy this podcast, please follow us for new book discussions. And if you're interested in this episode selection, consider borrowing it from your local library.